I'm Kale Helms, and this is Thundercast. On this episode, we'll be interviewing Mr. Andy Hutcherson, a science teacher at Eastern Green High School. So, hi. How are you today? Doing great, man. Doing great. Pretty exciting? Oh, very. Very first excited. podcast, from my knowledge, correct? It is. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. I was impressed with, with every all the equipment and everything that you guys have in here. It's, it's a really good setup. Yeah, for sure. So... You've been in Greene County for pretty much your whole life, correct? Yes. So what I want to know is what caused you to stay here and not move on to bigger and better things? Uh, the one thing I've always loved about this place is just the sense of community. I mean, it's a small town, and and the fact that I've known almost everyone uh, that's lived around yeah. here for a very long time, like I'm comfortable with the people around here, and I really like them. That's the big reason I've decided to stay. I mean, I just I love the people. I love the location. Um and family is big for me. I mean, that's that's one of the biggest parts of my life, if not the biggest. So I definitely want to stay close to my family as well. So that's a big part. Yeah. And I can I can totally understand that. Just having having family in your life is really great just for everybody. You know? Oh, yeah. And I mean, that's even, you know, my, my actual relation family as well as I consider a large part of this community family. You yeah. Know? Like, it, it goes both ways there. So the community itself is, you know, I would almost consider some of them my family just yeah. the same. You went to Eastern, and now you're teaching at Eastern. What is it like to teach at the same school you went to? You know, it's really funny. Even though I teach at the same school I went to, it's it's deceptive because I technically went to school at the old high school most of my life. Yeah. So even though now I'm teaching in this school, like even there's still kind of that gap where it still doesn't really feel like this is the school that mm-hmm. I graduated in. Um, I was actually the first class that moved over into this high school. We moved halfway through my senior year into this building. And so I was only here for a very short period. So even still, it almost feels like a different school. The only thing is the the teachers and stuff are the same. And I will say, you know, it's it's been very different getting to know those teachers on a very, you know, much more personal level as opposed to the teacher-student relationship. Um, but I think that it's been great. They all received me really well. Uh, they all, you know, treat me really nice. So so it's all went really well. There's nobody's holding any grudges, you know, from how I treated them as a student in high school or anything. Yeah. So, so that's great. So, of all subjects, what made you go into being a science teacher? You know, it's funny. I um, believe it or not, I originally started in history. Um, I've I've made a lot of transitions in my life. I guess you'd say. I started at IU as pre medical, and a lot of my classes were, you know, chemistry based, biology based. Um, I took a lot of those classes and I went to a handful of meetings and they, you know, they basically told me that I would have to be ready to dedicate 10 to 12 years of my life. And, and I guess I just wasn't quite ready for that. Um, so needless to say, I switched majors early on and went into teaching at that point. And it was a toss up for me between history and science. Um, I was always a big fan of history and I was obviously also going into medical field originally. So I liked science as well. Um, I went into history just because at the time, I had a lot of very influential people in my life, uh, family members that were teachers and stuff, and they kind of pushed me towards the history side of things. Um, so I originally got my license in history, and then I went back and got the additional license in science. So currently still, I can teach history or science, um, but I'm really glad with the route I've chosen. I've really enjoyed doing biology. There's so many hands-on types of things you can do. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot more tougher questions I feel like a lot of times you can ask it's not so you know black and white there's a lot of especially now that we're getting into the ecology type stuff you can ask you know how does this animal affect this animal and so on and 
I love that part of, of science. Some of those, you know, tough questions. <clears throat> yeah. And I, I can even personally attest to that. I'm, I'm in your class. And so I understand what you mean about just expanding your knowledge on it on a bigger field instead of when was George Washington inaugurated. Absolutely. And I'm not dogging on history at all. Cause I love yeah. history as well. Um, but yeah, you absolutely, you get into some of those uh, life type of questions, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes. And still on a daily basis, it amazes me, you as well as other students ask me questions on a daily basis that cause me to continue to learn in my field because I don't always know the answers. Um, you know, especially when it gets into medical knowledge and things like that, there's so much that I don't even know. And so it leads us into that, like, oh, I don't know, let's look that up, you know, or something like that. And that's that's always fun for me too, like looking up and me, myself, learning new things as well, so... So you you have every student that goes to the high school basically, don't you? Uh yeah. Yeah, so. since biology is required to graduate, I see pretty much everyone. Do you do you like that idea that you have pretty much every student? Yeah, I absolutely love it. I mean, yeah. you get so many different personalities and it's a lot <laughs> of fun. Um and not only that, but like when I get to see, you know, these guys graduate and move on, I'm just now to that point where the the ones that are starting to graduate now I had most of them in class. Mm -hmm. Uh but I, I like that feeling of being able to walk down the hallway and, and start up a conversation with just about anyone. Yeah. You know, I like knowing everybody in the school, and, and that's enjoyable for me. So just recently we had this new standardized testing in the iLearn test um, as well. Did you administer any of the iStep tests? Um, I administered the math and English iStep as well as the biology yeah. iLearn. So what, first off, just what are your thoughts on standardized testing? I do think that there are probably better ways to approach um, determining student knowledge. I understand, you know, school accountability, and I understand the reasons why the state is trying to administer things like that to make sure that teachers are doing their jobs. Um, I don't necessarily agree that that's the best method, I guess you could say. We, at our school, we just started the iLearn testing while the sophomores had the iStep testing as well. How does the iLearn and the iStep compare to each other? Um, I will say I was very impressed with the level of skill that was expected on the iLearn, um, just from questions I had seen, which obviously a lot of that I can't even discuss openly. Yeah. Um, but as far as administering the test goes, they are pushing a lot more of the administrative part on to the teachers actually administering the test, um, which I'm sure in the long run will be very beneficial, but it was a huge learning curve for me this year. I've done iStep for several years now, and I was very comfortable with the method of administering that test. Um, iLearn completely changes that. So even on the technology end and things like that, I had to learn some some new um, skills as far as getting that to the students and, and getting that set up, and that was new for me. As far as the test itself for students, I do think that this this iLearn test for biology was was pretty difficult, and I think that it probably challenged a lot of my students on a new level. Yeah, and I mean, I can agree with that. It just, it didn't seem that it was impossible, but maybe just had to go back on stuff. Maybe we couldn't really remember that well. I mean, it's been a whole year. It's a lot that we had to cover, too. Absolutely, and in biology, the amount of standards that I covered throughout the course of the year, I feel like we just cover a lot of material. I mean, honestly, in, in Bio 1, we cover just a wide range of material, and it is very difficult to pull some of that from a very long time ago. Um, I had tried to pull, you know, try and refresh you guys a little bit with some of the videos and stuff, but um, it's tough. They put such a time constraint on us as well. 
and sometimes you you determine you know what's going to be more beneficial to continue teaching these kids new stuff that they don't know or do I use all this time to try and you know refresh them on stuff and and that's where teachers really get into unfortunately a lot of teachers start not liking their jobs because they have to teach to a test so much and I try to not make you know, the review for the test and stuff, a massively comprehensive part of my lesson planning. I mean, I do like to go back and try and refresh you guys, at a, you know, somewhat just to get you prepared for the test, but I don't want it to take up and take away from daily instruction. Yeah. And on the um, teaching to a test, uh, what is it like to teach an AP class where basically the whole class is just getting you ready for the AP exam? You know, they they probably get tired of hearing me say, you know, guys, this might be on the AP exam. They've, they've heard me say that hundreds of times throughout the year, and I'm sure they would all attest to that. I, I don't like teaching to a test, but at the same time, uh, the AP class is a little bit different just because it can get kids college credit. Um, so in that class, my goal, you know, is, is to try and get those kids ready to ensure that they get that college credit. So that one's a little bit different. We have, we have a little bit bigger goal in mind, I feel like, with that one than even, you know, the state standardized testing and so on. Um, because those kids are really going to benefit and honestly save a ton of money, you know, in college tuition in the long run for, for those credit hours that they can attain. So, yeah. And I, it's really a great thing that you can look in your high school career to finish things that you usually have to finish in college, saving, saving a lot of money, really. Oh, absolutely. And it's, even just in the amount of time since I went to high school here compared to when you guys are going to high school here, the amount of courses that are offered that are, you know, that you can receive college credit in, um, it has went up dramatically. So you guys really have a great advantage there. And, uh, I wish more kids would take advantage of it really. Um, but just the amount of credit hours that you can attain here is, is awesome. Yeah. And I, uh, I don't know why I'm bringing this up right now, but you were telling us about how when, um, you were in school, everything was on the 4.0 scale, and so you were taking the harder classes, and even even though you were taking the harder classes, it might not have uh, been as beneficial. Absolutely. So it didn't help my GPA as much, but in the long run, I, I still to this day just enjoy learning new stuff, and I like to challenge myself. I like you know to try and push myself to do new things that are going to be a little bit difficult, and I think that that's how you grow best, you know what I mean, as far as like learning new content area or becoming better at, at, you know, a skill or something like that. You always have to kind of reach for that level. That's just a little bit above what you're used to. And, uh, so yeah, I, I chose to challenge myself. It may have hurt my GPA, you know, a touch in high school. Um, I think overall I still did okay in my class, but, uh, had I not taken those tougher classes, maybe my GPA be a bit higher, but I'm, I'm not upset whatsoever with the choices I made. I'm, I'm glad that I took the harder classes and, and pushed myself. And going back to you teach everyone, and so you have a wide range of different mindsets that you have to inform about different subjects. What kind of tools do you think that you use to maybe get your point across and, like, keep it enlarged in people's heads? Um, repetition is a huge part. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of the people that pick it up quickly the first time are probably tired of hearing me say the same things over and over again. Yeah, the whole um, mitochondria is the powerhouse oh yeah. of the cell. Oh, yeah, I'll drill that one in <laughs> as much as possible. Um, it'll be your guys' graduation day, and you'll still come up to me and say that. No. <laughs> but, yeah, it's you have to do a lot of repetition. Um, that's, that's one way to get it to stick. And not only that, but I've always been a firm believer that uh, kids tend to listen best when they're entertained. And uh, 
so you know I try to bring a lot of comedy and humor and stuff like that in the classroom and I'm sure you could agree with that yeah. um I do that a lot of people don't realize you know they and it is my personality to try and joke <laughs> around and have fun but at the same time I think that that brings people back in you know what I mean you you get those kids that and myself included if somebody just droned at me for half an hour I'd have a really hard time staying focused and staying on task. So if you can, you know, spice it up and, and keep it entertaining and fun for them, I think they're way more likely to actually pay attention. Um, and I, I attribute a lot of the success that I have had, you know, in prior years and stuff on standardized, standardized testing to that fact that, you know, I've been able to captivate for a while and I, I hope I can continue now as age groups continue to change and humor and comedy continues to change, you know, over the years, that might be more difficult. I don't know. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do some research <laughs> yeah. and study up, you know, <laughs> figure out what people think's funny, but, but yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun and, and keeping it fun for you guys. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's a big part of it for me. Um, so I hope I've been able to do that throughout yeah. the course of the year. Yeah. And, um, so far that I've taken, I believe that biology is probably one of the harder classes that you have to take. Um, just like considering, because mathematics, it's one of those things where you can go, you can go ahead and you you learn it. Language arts might be the same way, but biology, you really do have to understand the whole terminology and the everything that has to go with it. Absolutely. So the science classes, um, it has always been a large push for our science department to focus a large portion of our skills on vocabulary because if you don't know the vocabulary in science classes it, they immediately become way more difficult and a lot of people struggle to understand that you know um, and that's why you know I do the vocab quizzes all the time and and we do lots of practice with vocab um, you have to understand the vocabulary in order to understand the concepts I mean you really have to learn that base level and not only that but with the massive amount of information that we cover throughout the course of the year I feel like that the vocabulary is a good base of knowledge for for all of that so I, I try to focus a lot of our instruction, you know, building that base layer and then and then trying to go the next step above that. So could you tell us about some of your activities that you do in your class to maybe keep reeling kids back in? It's been an ongoing joke for years. I, uh, I once had a professor myself that after, you know, 15 to 20 minutes of conversation, he would he would generally get off topic, but he would start discussing something that, you know, maybe related um, but he would kind of go on a tangent and relate it to maybe something society, you know, societal based or something like that. And, and we would discuss that for a couple minutes and then, you know, we were all pulled back in, you know, we'd all engage in the conversation and we'd all be right back together. And, and, and then he would literally just stop all of us and he'd look at us and he'd be like, do you understand what I did? And basically what he was doing, he he would refer to it as resetting our brains. Right. So after 15 and 20 minutes of conversation, we would have a little discussion. He would get us all back involved and then he would tell us that he reset us and then we get right back on topic and keep going. Um, and that was always super beneficial to me. Uh, I just I noticed that after 15 and 20 minutes, I would start to find myself, you know, kind of staring off at the wall or, you know, looking at the ceiling or checking what time it is. Um, and by him doing that, it would pull me right back in and I just wouldn't even realize it, you know, and I'd be right back engaged again. And it got to the point where the end of the college course, uh, he wouldn't even have to say anything. You know, he would he would do that. We'd have our little discussion, and then he'd stop us all, and we'd be like, oh, we see what you did there, <laughs> you know? And it was like a big joke on all of us. And I took a lot from that because it, it worked for me. So I've, I've tried to employ that a lot throughout the course of the year. 
um, if I start to see people, you know, to where they're, they're getting tired, they're yawning or they're starting to look off, like we'll get on a, you know, short tangent that relates to biology, you know, maybe talk about a certain animal or something like that. And then I'll try and get, you know, right back on topic to what we were discussing. And, and that pulls people back in a lot of times. And it's, it's been fairly successful, I would say. Yeah. And I, I can totally agree with that where the hardest days in biology are where you just have to watch that long video but the easier days are when you get to discuss about what your thoughts are, ask questions, and you really, I feel like you learn a lot more, which I'm not saying that you don't have to watch the video, you don't have to pay attention to the notes, but I really feel like personally I get a lot out of our conversations. Absolutely, and and I mean, we have to be able to discuss those hard topics. A lot of times that is when those tough questions come up, even for me that I can't answer, you know, but but that's where a lot of learning takes place is when people are really thinking about the content and questioning it. You know, when, when people uh, get interested in a topic and they go, well, I wonder how that would apply to this situation or, or I wonder if my body does this or, you know, if this other animal does the same thing. Like, and that's whenever you really get people thinking about it. And that's when I personally feel like the best learning takes place because not only are they engaging with that information, but they're trying to figure out how it applies to other situations that they're unfamiliar with. So in my class, we were about to start the... Um dissection activity uh could you tell us about some of your hands-on activities that maybe you practice with the ap class or also in bio um in my ap class they are also going to do dissections um coming up they're they're going to do a mink dissection um and one of the reasons i do a mink dissection is because it has very similar to human anatomy um that class we don't talk about so much uh, anatomy of other animals uh, but they do focus a lot on you know the different systems that exist in in our bodies and then they also are getting ready to do a lab that I look forward to every year and it's called the animal behavior lab and in this animal behavior lab we go out and we find isopods which you've probably always called roly-polies right and we find these roly-polies and we collect them up and we put them in what are called choice chambers okay and in these choice chambers we are basically trying to get the roly-polies to make a decision and it's an open-ended lab, so the students can pick what the options are for the roly-polies. Uh, it could be like testing an acidic environment versus one that's not acidic, you know, a neutral pH. Or it could be testing light versus dark or uh, humid and not humid, right? And and we put these roly-polies in these choice chambers, and then we just kind of watch how they react, right? And we see, you know, do they turn their bodies a certain way or do they increase activity, right? And those are the types of things that we look for in this lab. And, and honestly, I love this one every year. And it's pretty sad to say, but finding the roly-polies is half the fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. We, we actually get to go outside one day and, and just look for roly-polies to do this lab. And, and a, lot, a lot of times the kids have a blast with that. So, so the lab itself is, is a blast and even just setting up for the lab is actually pretty fun. Yeah. And that, that's a great thing. Having, having even what people might consider the boring part, getting ready for the lab, even be entertaining as well oh absolutely that's usually the difficult part yeah you know you're usually fighting people to set up for a lab or to clean up a lab but this one's this one's pretty good so what would you consider your favorite part of your job honestly my I think my favorite part of my job has nothing to do with uh even necessarily the um the curriculum itself um my favorite part of my job and my dad always told me growing up he said he said find a job where you feel like you're making a difference and Honestly, I know it's cliche to say it and you hear every teacher say it, but I enjoy even just the interpersonal relationships that I form with students over the years. I enjoy getting them, you know, not only just to engage in conversation with me, but to engage with 
you know, the content or something of the class and, and getting kids interested and seeing that spark when they're like, Hey, I, I wonder how this actually works. Um, you actually see them like growing as a learner. You see them go, you know what? I actually want to know about this. And that's probably the best part for me is to, is to see that light click on when a kid goes, you know, I really want to know more about this topic. And you, you gradually see them forming into an adult that might actually pursue that someday, you know? And so that makes me feel like I've just made a huge difference in that, in that student's life. And I love that about it. Yeah. And I, I totally hear that too, because I know some seniors that are even going into like biological chemistry or in, and stuff like that. And so it's really cool that you've really made that imprint on them to go and fuel that, that need for learning. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I pray that I was part of it that helped influence them. Um, I guess I, I can't be positive about that, but I, I do like to think that maybe in some way I helped some of those kids develop a love for the science that they're going into. Mm -hmm. So this is just a question I like to ask most people I interview. In what way do you think Eastern could improve? That's a tough question. Uh, well, we got the exterior fixed, so that, yeah. that was a big step. Yeah. That was a big step. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think that we're getting ready to go through a lot of big changes, mm -hmm. obviously, with, with personnel changes and things like that. And I think that as a teacher and as the teacher group, I think that we have to stay uniform and we have to continue to support one another. And I think that we have to continue to support, you know, those above us as well. And um, we're just really going to have to work as a collaborative team. Um, this is going to have to be a collaborative team effort to, to make sure everything functions smoothly and so that we can continue to perform at the high level that our school has. Um, and I, I just, I really hope that everything continues moving in a positive direction as we continue forward. And I hope that we continue performing at our high level. And I, I even feel that being a student, I think even some of the students understand that there, there's big changes coming and hopefully for the better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, it's, it's going to take all of us to do that, yeah. uh, students included. I mean, like, like I said, the reason I stayed in this town, I love this community. And I just I want to continue to see it grow in a positive way. Well, is there anything you'd like to add? No. No, it's been great. I appreciate you having yeah. me. Happy birthday. Yeah, it is my birthday today. Happy birthday. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that's it. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Thundercast. Please tune in for our next episode coming very soon. If you have any suggestions or comments, please email us at thundercast.egreen.k12.in.us. You can subscribe to hear every episode of Thundercast on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Podbean. All content in this podcast is property of Eastern Green School Corporation and may not be used without express written permission. All rights reserved.